It is the Nico and Chris Bears post-game wrap-up podcast show featuring Nico and Chris. I'm Nico. And I'm Chris. And your Chicago Bears are about to fall in the season opener to the Los Angeles Rams 34-14, to assuming this score stands. We are coming to you live from the finale of this shit show. Yeah, with two minutes to go, the Los Angeles Rams of Anaheim are about to beat the Bears in the <laughs> opener to the NFL kickoff to the season. Game 1 of 17, and boy, was it pretty forgettable for the Bears offense and defense. God, the Bears sucked all around. Yeah, it was uh, a couple of uh, brief, very brief moments of shining goodness from David Montgomery. Pretty much it was David Montgomery and Justin Fields were the only good offensive players tonight. Yeah, uh, Justin Fields scored his first NFL touchdown, a rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. He has one more touchdown than Andy Dalton, who the Bears paid $10 million for. Uh, two interceptions for him today. Yep. And yeah. Completed, uh, completed seventy six percent of his passes, but less than six yards a completion. The yeah. Bears did not stretch the field tonight. A lot of one two yard passes, nothing deep, you literally know, nothing deep. No, nothing deep at all. And what's damning is, is that David Montgomery had a great day. And while I, while I don't necessarily agree with the. Uh, with the broadcast booth that it was just because the Rams said, go ahead, run on us all day. If that was the case, they could have stopped David Montgomery anytime. They didn't care. Yeah, it's our policy here at the Nico and Chris Bears postgame wrap-up show featuring Nico and Chris to never agree with Chris Collinsworth. And you know what? You know where people can find the Nico and Chris game, Bears postgame wrap-up podcast show? On where? Twitter. Uh, no, yes, on Twitter at NNC Bearscast. And you can find us at Apple and Spotify and Anchor and a ton of other podcast places where you can listen to this show. Uh, available always not too long after the game's over. We like to get this shit in hot. Right. Uh, mainly because people really don't want to think about these games too long after they're played. <laughs> you, you, you really have the attention span of a goldfish when you want to think about these games. Yeah, I'm sorry, that 4th and 15 call? Yeah, so, I mean, that was pretty much, that's a microcosm of the entire game, unfortunately. Because... Right, but probably the turning point where it got out of hand. Oh, I would say I would I would say even earlier uh, the the opening drive interception. Because yeah, they they punted zero times if I'm not mistaken. No, they punted once. Okay, I must I was taking a shit when yes. they did that. Um, yes, the opening drive. David Montgomery rips off one like a good I think a forty yard run, and then Justin Fields comes in, throws a pass for like eight or nine yards, and then all of a sudden the Bears get a false start, and then they have to blow a timeout to get the play because for some reason after getting a false start. Matt Nagy didn't like the play call, but he gets the call by the fucking way. Yeah, his brain just completely shut off. And then they have to call a fucking timeout before the goddamn play. And then well, because he wanted to design that interception. He wanted it to be perfect to where if one cornerback didn't catch it, the other would. I, I, I shook my head. I'm not Beautiful, mad. really. I'm not mad at you for, for what you just said. It's because when I hear design, and I know that's what Matt Nagy says. Yeah, this is how we design our play and how we design our offense. This is what we practice for. If I hear practice, oh, we're going to hear it. That's the thing. The thing is, right now, we're in like this freaking like... And that's the game right there. It's a vinyl record where it's just, you know, it's the, you hit the same bump. And it's just practice, 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 practice. <clears throat> so it's uh T, a good friend of the show, frequent guest. Uh, he, he was over here. Yes, Mr. Shazam. Uh, the three of us had a very robust discussion during the game about how he, or Matt Nagy, I shouldn't say he, you need to know who I'm talking about. A coach Nagy. <laughs> he expects players to mold to his design plays and not the other way around. And we saw that in full effect today. Right, yeah, here, here uh, again, it's, it's game one. 
and already we're watching an offense that can't more contribute. like game dumb. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> Take that, uh, retire bitch. Matt Nagy. Uh, it's not even necessarily because of the personnel. I mean, it's not like the Bears don't have talented players. Uh, Allen Robinson and uh, David Montgomery and Daryl Mo- Darnell Mooney, sorry, Darnell Mooney, and even Cole Komet and to a lesser extent Jimmy Graham. They're all talented players. They have talented players on the offense, uh, the offensive line. Work for them. said it last year when they played the Rams. Here it is again. Our coach calls plays that we can't run. Exactly. It's a very rigid system. And he he doesn't have a good football mind. I, I don't know how to explain it. If this were a video game and you know certain button combinations are always going to work, that's what you can stick with. This isn't that. Yeah, I just, These are players that have individual thoughts on every single play, and you're working with an offense and a defense on the other side of the ball that can adjust the things. Matt Nagy doesn't. And it's not the player's fault, because if they they mess with that scheme even a little bit, he flips out. I don't believe Matt Nagy is the type of guy that... <laughs> you you had me, and I don't believe Matt Nagy. Me and the idea of conventional is it's the most simple... It's Occam's razor. It's the simplest thing. It should work. And yet, he finds a way to try to just force these plays that don't do anything, don't go anywhere. We saw it tonight. We saw it right now. Andy Dalton cannot generate any more offense than the offense that's in front of him. It's not like he can dynamically change anything, right? He's not that type of he's not that type of player. <clears throat> On the other side of the ball, you see Matt Stafford, and the Bears oh, were giving him yards all game long, and he was torching up the Bears secondary. You know what I mean? Carving it up. You know, there were the uh, the first touchdown pass he threw. That uh, if we're going to bitch about players, it would be the two defensive players that didn't touch the guy after he fell. Jackson, yeah. Yes. yes. They let him get back up and run one in. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, but look, but but that's my point. Look at the difference, though. Matt Stafford has the kind of arm that can torch a defense that way, and we know Andrew Dalton doesn't have that. But we also know that. Matt Nagy has an offense that wants to stretch the field out, that wants to get a lot out of players like that. And yet here he is. He's just, you know, here's Andy Dalton just throwing seven yard outs, so who cares? Ton of nickel and dime stuff. It just seemed like a He's well, just, he's hoping against hope for yards after contact on every single play. I want you know, And outside of Montgomery, you just you don't get it with a lot of these I, guys. I didn't have a full time job. You know, maybe I should just spend a Saturday one of these weekends and find all the times that we've done this show so far, and all the times where we've pointed out, because it happened again tonight, of all the times the receivers have to run a few yards out, turn around to catch the ball. Because I know we've said it at least a dozen times. At least a dozen. Oh, God, yeah. They, these receivers can never catch anything in stride because this offense does not work that way. Period. Everything, we talked about this a lot last season, too. These plays are written up for guys like us to execute them. It's the very simplest of football. You take six steps and then turn around. I'm going to look for you specifically, and I'm going to throw the ball to you. It's like when we played in the park all the time. Right. Because we're only as talented as we are. You know what I mean? We're not world-class athletes. We understand the concept of catching a football and not getting hit a lot. That's about That's it. About like it. you got to be a little bit better than that to play in the NFL. I just, I, yeah. Hey, not that Green Bay was today. Yeah, right. That's uh, Yeah, the one thing the Bears have today is that Besides the fact that no one else in the NFC North wanted it, is that they scored more points than the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Eleven more, by my count. Four points. Because that score was thirty-eight to three in favor of the New Orleans Saints. 
Oh, just, I'm sorry. The, the Schadenfreude should not be as satisfying as it is, but I was over the moon just to see Rodgers fucking tank as bad as he did today. For, uh, he threw that red zone interception. I know we're, we're getting off subject really quick, but he threw that red zone interception. Oh, well, this is going to be important later on in the season. Right. Um, and that was his first red zone interception since 2019, and he had thrown 45 touchdown passes in between those two red zone, between those two red zone picks. So it just goes to show... <clears throat> The difference in talent. Now, here, <laughs> the funny thing is, is everybody noticed that when the Bills played the Bears three weeks ago in the preseason, how good Mitch Trubisky looked. Which he, and again, it's the preseason. I understand that it's you know it, it doesn't matter, right? But how come Mitch was able to run an NFL offense up and down the field four straight drives with the score? That, that's not preseason numbers. Nobody does that in the preseason. Now, is the Bears' defense that bad? Was Mitch that good? Or is there another factor in this? And I think we saw it. We saw it last year when Bill Lazor took over the place from Matt Nagy. It's that I just I, he has this idea where only his place can work. His offense has to work this way. He said it before the season. He says, my offense takes four years to get, get down. So what have we been doing for three years? You have a defense that's aging out. We saw it tonight. You have a defense that's aging out. And what offense should take four years to not put together? If, it, if your offense is in battle ready, it's not a good Thank offense. God. Your kids are asleep. <clears throat> I don't want to scream, but fucking shit, man. It's like, what the hell? And he called timeouts, right? He called timeouts again in the first, I think the first quarter. He called again in the third quarter. You know what fucking psychopath used to call timeouts because he couldn't get the plays in, in time? Especially when he was the Bears offensive coordinator, was goddamn Mike Martz. And I fucking hated that era of Bears offense, too. <laughs> Fuck. It's so annoying to watch how piss poor this offense is four years going in. And everybody thought it was Mitch. Even to me. I agree. Even me. I know Mitch isn't that good. I know Mitch isn't never going to probably lead a team to a Super Bowl. Exactly. He's, he's never going to be he's like an MVP, MVP caliber quarterback or anything quarterback. like that. <clears throat> But, neither is fucking Andy Dalton. But, you know, Matt Nagy got his choice last year, too. Don't go tricking yourself and thinking, oh, now that he's got Andy Dalton. He got Nick Foles last year, and it didn't fucking work either. And the thing that was asked, and the thing we talked about, too, during the first quarter of the game, is Matt Nagy going to fucking open his eyes. I'm, I'm cursing a lot, I know. Is he going to open his eyes and realize that it's Justin Fields that needs to be the offense when it's Justin Fields' turn? Or is he going to force Justin Fields to do his offense only? Because From what we saw today, I'm sorry to step on your toes here, but I feel like he's going to try to utilize him in a Taysom Hill role this year. Well, this year, but when he becomes the full-time starter, when he's starter 1 through 17, you know, games 1 through 17, is it going to be the Matt Nagy offense? Matt Nagy better not be the coach when that time comes. Because if today is anything to go on, this season is not going to go well, my friends. That defense does not look good. They do not look disciplined. It's not going to be good enough to hold. No, every team in the league has figured out by now that you have to double-team Khalil Mack. He's going to be a non-factor in a lot of games, and you're going to see his numbers falter. It's not his fault. It doesn't mean he doesn't factor into plays, but the rest of the defense isn't coming around and making up for that. And let's not forget... This is a Rams team that still went to the playoffs with Jared Goff as their quarterback last year. Okay? And I think they wanted him. Whose name is how British people say Goff. <laughs> so, 
it's not like the Bears were coming in and facing a team that was 1-15 last year who just happened to get Matt Stafford. No, there's talent all over that team. And they've been spending resources to get a lot of talent on that team. They're going to utilize it. They're going to utilize it as best they can. I don't know if the Rams are going to win anything this year, but they look like a team that's inspired right now to go far. Now it's September. A lot of teams falter by the end of December. But, you know, my point is... Right, it's it's hard to say where things are going to be 16 weeks from now. Look at how the Rams look right now. Look at where their talent is, the most talented players in the positions right now. And then you look at the Bears, and again, quarterback is lacking. You know what I mean? It's just... Well, again, I mean, the Rams are loaded everywhere. Everywhere. And I hate to just use the Rams, as, but, I mean, that's who we just watched. I mean... They're... Backup running back is Sonny Michelle, who just won a Super Bowl three years ago. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's dumbfounding how we're still doing this dance of just like, I think, I think. it's Here's, in contrast to what I just said about you won't be able to tell who the Rams are going to be 16 weeks from now, you can absolutely see who the Bears are going to be. Yeah, I do not and see. They are paper great. thin everywhere. everywhere. And the thing is, is I'm worried that. They talked the they talked the, the bosses into saying that well now that we've drafted this kid we need at least a couple of years with him and that's my concern is that are the Bears going to have to more or less implode this year for them to get fired like properly fired because if seven and ten isn't going to be enough I mean what the hell I'm sorry guys I I you know I know well the problem is even if they get rid of Nagy I really think they're going to keep Ryan Pace I know. That's, and he's going to find word. another fucking dipshit. I know. He's going to pick another a ne'er-do-well or a loser from a team that wins things. <laughs> he's going to hire but Josh we're, we're, we're seeing... <laughs> I, I, I can hear it in your voice. <laughs> no, I'm just, we, we saw how this worked with Matt Patricia, and we're seeing how it worked with Matt Nagy. It's just... You, you can't get a guy from a winning scheme. You have to pick a winning coach. And a lot of career assistant coaches aren't head coach material because they're good at what they do as an assistant or, you know, a very specific position. You know you know what's a telling thing is that, you know, when Matt Nagy got hired as the head coach of the Bears, it was a few days after Kansas City lost that playoff game to the, the Titans. The one where he called all the plays. He called all the plays, and they couldn't score anything after the first half. And then Andy Reid said, no, I called all the plays in the second half. And, and Matt Nagy's like, no, 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 I was the one who called the plays. And, and, and then his son killed a kid. Yes, but that happened later. Um, well, much later, much but, later, you know. but and you know that comes out, and then uh, I need to find this video and post it somewhere. But there's supposedly a video of Kareem. Is it Hunt. called Angela White Mates Dick Disappear Between Tits? Yes, but in a Matt Nagy scheme. Because I can find that <laughs> with a Matt Nagy sauce. Um, <laughs> yeah, he'd fuck that up. <laughs> it reminds me of this really bad joke I made about LeBron James a year ago. Um, I'll tell it in a second. Go on. But uh, it's a video of Kareem Hunt and Tariq Hill basically bitching about Nagy's play calling and how it's too complicated. And then supposedly Andy Reid took over play calling in the second half of that game. And they're like, you see, it doesn't have to be this this complicated. Just, like, give us the ball. We're the talent. Like, we could do it. Um, so I don't know if you remember last year when, you know, the world was kind of going through some turmoil. I don't know if you were there around then. Um, what do you mean? There, there just some things happened. Some people were upset at other people. You know, it was it was kind of a turbulent, turbulent time to live in America, uh, as well as other places. 
But um, remember the remember during the shutdown, the COVID shutdown, that basketball was postponed and it came back. And during that time, there was a lot of things that happened in the world. You know, George Floyd was killed, a lot of Black Lives Matter protests, um, a lot of riots in big cities. Well, in that time, LeBron James was found walking around with the Malcolm X autobiography. And so they asked him what the Malcolm X autobiography was about. And his explanation was like if you read the back of the Malcolm X autobiography. Because <laughs> it was obvious he was just walking around with a book in his hands to make it look like he was doing something important. <laughs> he read the, the author flap where they talk about his career. That's probably exactly what it was. And so there was this, there was this story that, that was around last summer where a girl was supposedly... Um, her parents were like I think I don't know if she was an Instagram influencer or something like that, and she had talked about how she got in a big fight with her, her parents because they found out that she had slept with the entire Phoenix Suns starting five in a night. That I remember. Yes, and I said, "Oh, I heard I heard the Lakers also slept with her," and LeBron just uh, got a blowjob from her, and she didn't even go down. And he goes, "Yep, yep, that's how a blowjob feels." Thank you very much, Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it took a lot longer to explain, but... Uh, well, you heard it here. LeBron James doesn't know what a blowjob is. He does That was the takeaway from that. He's never read Malcolm X, the book, either. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I just... There's just well, if he, he, the book's about blowjobs, he would have known that. He would have known... Actually, yeah, there's a good there's a good three or four chapters about it. Malcolm X was kind of, you know, kind of sore in the golden age of blowjob. And, uh, you know, he, he gave out some tips and tricks and uh, to make it feel better for everybody, you know? And bless up. Thanks for listening to Nico and Chris. Yeah. yeah, we're not the the now canceled Nico and Chris Bears post game wrap up. Canceled. We just got started. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, I met by our, our non existent network. <laughs> not because of the joke we just made, but ratings wise, we're 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 gone. Canceled. I mean, we can't be any worse than Randy. Uh, oh, I just no. called him Randy Dalton. It um, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He's more like Andy Dolt. And Somebody put that on the internet, like, oh, Andy Dalton. Huh? Got his ass. Take uh, that. Can't retire. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I know, I hate being this 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 forlorn, you know, about all this stuff, but, I mean, we saw the game. Oh, there's the play again. Yeah, there it is, yeah. We, we saw the game. We saw the effort early on. Um, it's going to be a long 18 fucking weeks of football, I'll tell you that. I um, The Bears' next opponent is... We might as well just skip to that because there's not much left of this game to really talk about. Uh, the Bears lost 34 for 13, 14, and they looked like shit the whole time. I, know, I just looked at uh, Bengals. It's uh, oh. Dalton's alma mater. It's the uh, home opener. Yep. Because and... I entered to win tickets, and I was like, fuck, I'll be up uh, north of the Cheddar Curtain. <laughs> it's my 11th wedding anniversary, folks, and I'm going to Cedarburg to the Wine and Harvest Festival. Do they have wine and harvest? Yeah, I'm going to get so much harvest. Nice. Get one of those Hornaplenties. <laughs> <laughs> those are nice. Yeah, that's pretty, that'd be great. I might even get a cornucopia. I don't know. Yeah, a cornucopia, yeah. I get a gigantic fucking wicker basket and fill it with, like, gourds. <laughs> I'll get a copy of the Malcolm X biography that I've actually read. LeBron. I know you're listening, James. Read the fucking book. King James, my foot. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a biscuit. You mother father. That's right. We're keeping a PG. Yeah, so. Fucking dickhole. So, Bengals won. 
Yeah, the Bengals won today. Bunch of dickholes. Yeah. Joe Burrow looked okay, and uh, they, they got they got a, they got a couple good wide receivers there. And I mean, I'm not saying the Bengals are good, but uh, I mean they at least won their game today. So, although although I keep hearing from everybody, the Bears do have one of the toughest schedules on paper, the second toughest schedule for the season. Well, as you know, uh, my brother's a Colts fan. Oh, nice. And they they have they're running the gauntlet the first five six weeks. Yeah, good for them. Well, they got Carson Wentz; he can do anything. It's from what I hear. Yeah, uh, he get, he gets stink out loud, folks. It, sure. It's twenty twenty one, and I think NFL teams are being very lenient in asking their players to get the vaccine. Uh, Carson Wentz <laughs> is very much on the other side of the fence. Him and on Kirk that Cousins one. are hand yeah. in hand on this one. They are holding hands just to make sure. You know, um, I'm a I'm a normal, sane human being, so I went ahead and got mine. I understand if you don't get the vaccine, that's your choice or whatever, but don't do it from a weird fucking they put the age juice in you when you get the vaccine standpoint. <laughs> Carson, I know you're listening, Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins. Don't talk about the... They put the queer in you with the vaccine. It reminds me of this comedian who said his dad said the same thing, but he got the vaccine anyways because he wanted to see the grandkids. Oh, all these guys do it. He's like, he's like... Every conservative personality who has made a living for the past 18 to 24 months on telling people not to get the vaccine when it comes out has gotten their third dose already. Yeah. We've, guy, uh, the Texas governor, we found yeah, out. Yeah. This guy was like, my dad calls me up and he goes... Yeah, your stepmother said I can't visit unless I get a shot of the homo juice, so I got it. (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, Dad, you sucked a cock to come see the kids? He said, yeah. Yeah, but I got the vaccine. Yeah, but then I also got the vaccine. (laughs) I got the the (laughs) vaccine. That was my lollipop after. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Bears and Bengals. I kind of wonder how uh, the Bears are going to bungle this one up. Now, will you be watching the game? Um, it's because I know uh, N- Nico is going to the riot fest. Yeah, we, we both have a very full plate. Friday, I'm going to go see Fishbone and Mr. Bungle play at Radius in Chicago, and then Saturday, my whole day will be spent at Riot Fest in Chicago to see bands like Faith No More and Gogo Bordello and Guar, hopefully, and a couple others. And oh, that'd be fun! Uh, the the, uh, the big worm that spits out the blood is spitting out vaccines this year. Nice. Is it really? No. Oh, that would have been no. That would have been awesome. Like it just shoots out fucking Moderna everywhere. And <laughs> there's guys that are like, no. <laughs> guys with umbrellas don't want to get the vaccine on. Because that's not how it works at all. People think it's like Vicks vapor rub. It just gets on your skin and getting. That's ivermectin that does that. The horse dewormer. Yes. Ivermectin. <laughs> Vermectin. <laughs> um. Ivermectin, Which? the forest worm for your life. Which uh, apparently makes 85% of men who take it sterile. Sweet. So it's it's doing its job in a roundabout way. Yeah, well, you know, you're not supposed to buy the Petco version. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer just takes that dog into the vet because it's got a cough. <clears throat> and they both have the same cough, so he just takes the dog's pill so he doesn't go to a real doctor. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, we both have busy weekends, and we'll probably miss the Bears game, and there might not be an episode next week. I might cobble an episode together, you know, from stuff I read on the internet on my train ride back, so. Okay, if you want me to call in some 
There you go. Some commentary. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I saw some wine and I saw some harvest and it was pretty great. <laughs> I'll send some pictures to put on our Twitter, which is at NNC Bears Cast. That is true. And we also have an Instagram, which is also at NNC Bears Cast. So we have both. Yeah. So, I mean, you can check that out if you want. There's a. We don't have a picture of us from this year and I'm not made up. So we're not going to get one this week or next week. Yeah, we'll have one in a couple weeks. Yeah, sorry, I was at the uh, Chicago Whiting Sox game today, and I was a little sweaty. <laughs> the Whiting Sox. The White Stockings. Dude, I <laughs> they had the dumbest fucking shirt I've ever seen. It was supposed to look like a Game of Thrones thing. But it was like a the Legion of the 35th and Shields uh, Pale Stocking Brigade. They tried too hard. I was like, this doesn't... This is just too much words. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the shirt next to it was seriously just in... It was a black shirt with light letters that said, Tim Anderson is a good baseball player. And I was like, I, I almost paid $40 for that fucking shirt because I thought that was the funniest thing in the world. I was like, now that's a shirt. It's just like regular letters. Yeah. Yeah, like it's ironed on. Like, it's not even... <laughs> it's not even centered either. Like, it was the crappiest shirt I've ever seen. It's all kind of falling It's off official. It's a new era, but... <laughs> Tim Anderson is a, a good baseball player. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, so yeah, there's your Bears coverage. Uh, they're not good right now, and it doesn't look like it's going to get much better. Uh, let's let's try to get a little bright spot going on here. Uh, highlights, a couple things. Uh, David, David Montgomery, yeah, and Justin Fields showed that. Um, I mean, they did only put him in situations where they could score. So, but I mean, you know, I mean, right now. He's, got uh, he's going to be very good at game tempo, and that's not something we can say for Dalton right now. Yeah, he scored one more touchdown than Andy Dalton did, so I can uh, tell you that. Um, defense looked lousy, and we never got to see anybody from special teams because Matt Nagy all of a sudden decided that special teams doesn't work anymore. Yeah, they went for it on every fourth down. Just about one punt only, and the fourth and 15, which could have been a, a – it's an indoor stadium. Cairo Santos – did not miss a kick at all last year, and he doesn't yeah. even go to the kicker. Uh, summarize the play real quick. It was after a sack, so it was third and 25. They tried to get a few extra yards, and Cole Komet stretched it out for an extra few, so it ended up being third fourth and, and 15. Fourth and 15. 15. From the 30. Yes. So the kick would have been 40 yards mm-hmm. indoors, and they were dead center because he went out of bounds. And Cairo Santos hit every field goal he got last year, and the Bears resigned him because he did all that. And then Matt Nagy's like, Cairo who? No, we're just going to go for it because my offense works. And again, that's why I said that was the turning point earlier on in the episode because he said instead of scoring points, he wanted to try some gimmicky fucking bullshit. He wanted to just to prove that his offense can work. And it, 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 my my argument was, I don't think they gained 15 yards on more than 11, two plays the entire game. 11 yards was that play, the fourth and 15 play. They got 11 yards on it, so it didn't matter. And my argument was, you couldn't stretch the field all game long. So now all of a sudden, fourth and 15, you guys are just going to do it finally. They got no protection from their offensive line, which looked terrible all fucking night. They have no... There was no positives, except for David Montgomery. It ended before 10 o'clock. That was a positive. Hmm? You know, for for working folks. It did end before 10 o'clock. It was like 10.05, 10.06. Still, though, it was was in good time. Yeah, It's under three hours. It never felt like even when... For a terrible game like that, that's a good time. Even when the Bears did score, I never felt that they were coming back. Like, it would have to be like... They would have had to, like, try to, like, rip Matt Stafford's head off, and then maybe, maybe they had a chance. But... Yeah, I, uh, there I didn't was see anything like that. So 
right from uh, LA's opening drive, there was there was no hope. No, because they, they scored in three plays, and that was off a turnover. Because the, the Bears, okay, the Bears, they Bears opened the game up with the INT, and then they they give he gives, he throws the ball away. But it isn't just the fact that he threw the ball in the, in the interception; it's the plays before that. They move the ball with field, and then Komet gets called for false start. And then they have to call a timeout to call the play, which becomes the play where he throws the interception in the end zone. I don't understand why calling the timeout matters so much. What in what are you seeing on your stupid chart that you're like, oh no, we can do this. This is the one that they can't stop us on. I, I honestly truly believe that he just thinks that because it works in practice when no one's going full speed and I mean shit no one's going full speed in this game today either but I honestly believe that he just because he sees it in practice but then again they don't even practice tackling the guy because like you said Van Jefferson catches the ball and two two defenders are right behind him they don't just tap him they let him go right through the middle they let him go right through it and they're just standing there like uh huh so what the fuck am I talking about this is an undisciplined team a team that does, and you know, later on in the game, Alec Ogletree gets a taunting penalty, which I think is ridiculous. Anyway, taunting is f- part of football. I'm sorry, I get it. You want to take, you yeah, know, th- that's going to be their focus this season. You want to take that element out of the game, but that's football. Football is competitive. These guys are animals out there. They're they're doing nothing but running at a hundred miles an hour in every ounce of their being, and you just want them to be like. Sitting, you know, sitting on a fucking uh, picnic placement with doilies and teacups and all that. It doesn't work. You can't just throw a gorilla back in the cage after it's raging for hours. These guys are fucking crazy. And you're like, oh, you're acting too crazy now. Here's 15 yards. It's ridiculous. It's 15 yards now? I think it was 15 yards. This happened while I was shitting, so. Well, it's the Akeem Hicks roughing the passer he got earlier. You're trying to tell me a 330-pound man could just stop dead in his tracks from hitting somebody? He's going full speed. You can't give roughing the passer on that. I don't understand Yeah, they are, they are the way, way too obsessed with the whole roughing the passer thing. Just, it's insanity. You can't even look at a quarterback. It's like last year. Remember Kyle Fuller got flagged on those hits that cost fumbles? Mm-hmm. And they were perfectly fine hits. And in that one game, they called it back. Tampa game, they called it back. Because it's like, no, that's, that's what a hit is. That's a clean hit. He didn't leave with his helmet. Oh god, it was the game before that I think where he got called because he didn't give the uh, the person who received the kick ample time. I'm making the quote figures. That was Cordero Patterson. Yes, that was the Packers game. That was two years right. ago. The, the guy didn't call for a fair catch and he fucking trucked him the second he caught and the ball. And fumbled the ball and the Bears recovered. And they're like, uh, no, actually, and they called yeah. some weird rule. And I was like, so basically, what they basically called the rule was is that Cordero Patterson was too good to get to the guy catching the ball. Yeah, he said even though he didn't call fair catch, you have to give him enough time to allow for what would normally be a fair catch. Have you seen Cordero Patterson more? I mean, you can't anymore because he didn't play for the Bears. But when you could see Cordero <laughs> Patterson play for the Bears, especially when he was running kickoffs, the guy's, is, the guy's a speed freak, especially for as tall and as big as he is. You're trying to tell me you're just going to try to stop on a dime just because... That's why sometimes I kind of wish these guys would just defy all odds and just start breaking other other dudes' necks. Just fuck it. Just be like, I can't stop. I can't be stopped. Give me 15 yards. Like, I can't be stopped. <laughs> so, 
don't know. Well, they, I guess they'd have to bring like Brandon Merriweather back for that. <laughs> Mr. Headhunter himself, Brand, former Chicago Bear Brandon Merriweather. Or uh, what's his face that used to play for the Titans? Cortland Finnegan. Cortland Finnegan. I was gonna yeah, say his shit starter. The most this should not be my name name of all time. <laughs> Five foot seven, he's playing starting quarterback. <laughs> Brandon Marshall fought him though, so did Andre Johnson. Mm-hmm. Mister, I know what I'm doing. Brandon Marshall couldn't get past Cortland Finnegan, just bothered him all game. Quit touching me, man. Quit touching <laughs> me, sissy. Um, anything else, man? You're you're really uh, you're unleashing the beast here, I'm man. Not happy about this. Yeah, the, the game was fucking trash, though. You're, you're right to be on it. If I wasn't as tired as I am right now, I'd be know, fucking I, I, furious. I'm kind of trying to... I just I just think this is ridiculous. I think we, we, we talked about this in the final, final, final episode of last season when we talked about the press conference, and that the Bears addressed nothing in the press conference, and then, you know, the offseason, even though we didn't do <clears throat> an offseason pre-show, you know, before this season, you know, you draft Tevin Jenkins, he's hurt. You draft this guy, he's hurt. You do this, he's hurt. And you know they're they're nowhere. They're behind. They're they're losing bodies, and they have no answers other than, oh, we're really fired up and excited about this season. Yeah, Sorry, uh, nothing's going to hold us back. It's all or nothing this year. Yeah. Boo, boo, it's, boo. Yeah, it's it's such. It reminded me of my last job when they're just like, we're family here. You know, if you ever need anything, just remember to call us. And then you do, and they're like, why the fuck are you calling me? I'm at home. You're like, yeah, we didn't mean that shit. We, yeah, and you're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I mean. My only final thought is, if David Montgomery can keep running that ball, you might as well just start feeding him. But I'm not Matt Nagy because I'm not a crazy person. I would be giving him, what was it, six straight games he scored a touchdown in regular season games? That's yes. The first since Walter Payne did it in 1976. So that's something we joked about. That yeah, it's great. 45 years later. It's, all, it's great that all these records can just be brought back to Walter Payton. <laughs> it's great that the Bears, such a storied franchise, can only be, you know, brought back to Walter Payton because he's the last great offensive player they've had that they drafted. Yeah. But they didn't sign or trade for. So, I don't know. Yeah, their, their, their whole legacy at this point is their insane, racist former coach, Mike Ditka. Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. Oh, he has a mustache, you guys. That's Chicago for you. That's old Chicago. <laughs> He's tough and he Jimmy smokes McMahon cigars, should, you guys. Jim McMahon should be in the Hall of Fame because he was a winner. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. He played by his own book of rules. I'll tell you what. Jenka would give him the play and he would be like, no. And then did another play and it would work <laughs> all the time. It was crazy, man. They won upwards of one championships. <laughs> That's about it for me. Sorry, you guys. Yeah, this team fucking blows. <laughs> well, we, we got we got sixteen more games, you know. But it, yeah, next week, Bengals. What do you think? Um, I think it'll be. I mean, if they come out playing like they did today, I don't see why the Bengals can't put another third. You know, they can't give up another thirty. But I maybe maybe they have a little bit of pride. I still think it's going to be Bengals. I'm going to go weird score, maybe even a score got me, but I'll go twenty four nineteen. Bengals. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be that generous. I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm going to say 31-14 Cincinnati at home. Okay. Somehow the Bears managed to play worse at home. 
It's very. Possible. It's probably because Soldier Field's a fucking dump, and I really hate to be this negative, <laughs> but Soldier Field is one of the worst places to watch a football game. The tailgating sucks. You have to be you can't fucking, tailgate. It, yeah. I mean, it, it, it was cool the first couple times we did it, but they, the, that lot is just getting worse and worse and worse every year, and they don't fix it, even though it's more expensive to park there now. When we first started tailgating, there was 35 bucks I think, to park. Now it's 80 to sit in what I think is an abandoned Kmart. I think so. And have a guy blare music at you and charge you $7.50 for fireball shots. While a bunch of... Uh Homeless uh, doo-wop gangs light up their drum of trash and sing over it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part. That is. And then you get to the game, and there's seriously, there's two kinds of food. Bratwurst and shit people smuggled in and dropped. <laughs> it's the lowest capacity stadium in all of the National Football League. It was the lowest before when it was 72K, and they took out 10,000 seats. And now it only holds 62,000 people. None of which seemed to give a shit about the game. Well, because it takes forever to get to your seat. Right. Everything's so cramped. And then if you sit in the 400 section, good luck. There's only one bathroom in that area for the whole 400 section. So, And, it, and it's for the 4 and the 200s and 300s, I think. So. That's why I just pissed my pants. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way to go about it, though. So. Um, yeah, no final thoughts for me. I think that's... Uh, I made my point. Uh, we saw an undisciplined team. And a coach look, kind of looked like he wasn't really in... Uh, he doesn't look like he's in a mode right now where he's kind of in desperation mode. I, that's why I don't think they're going to get fired this year. You know, far be it from a whole locker room collapse. That's the only way I think it's going to happen. That's my fear. Yeah, it's like outside of a trustman style mutiny. Yeah, that's that's my fear is that it has to get that bad before. Because I honestly think George McCaskey and Ted Phillips have tricked themselves. And I think like, well, you know, no one's getting killed, so what's the difference? So I think that they tricked themselves in that. Unfortunately, I think that uh, the players just don't care enough right now to make any kind of mutiny. Nobody the, has any kind of chip on their shoulder that they want to win. They're either the very guys young. Got, the guys who got paid have already gotten paid. You know what I mean? So what do they have to fight for? Khalil Mack is one of the few guys still going for it. Akeem Hicks still goes for it, but, you know. yeah. But like you said, they're not on the right side of the age spectrum. So Three years ago, this was the youngest team in the NFL on average. All right, it was 26 years. Now they're the third oldest team, I think, what, 31 years. They got old in a hurry, and that was my worry when they won in 20 when they when they went 12 and 4 in 2018 was that they have to win a Super Bowl soon because it, the defense is not going to get younger. And here we are. Older defense. Signing oldies like Robert Quinn when you can draft when I mean even even Brian Pace has shown he could find other defensive tackles for cheap. And you could draft defensive linemen for really cheap. Yeah, you're not going to... I mean, a, not unless they need back surgery. <laughs> Khalil Mack doesn't drop in your lap all the time. Guys like Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald don't exist everywhere. You know what I mean? We get it. But you could still get good... Look at... I mean, I hate to bring his name up because of the weird shit that happened, but like guys like Barkevis Mingo, who were contributors last year, or Mario Edwards Jr., who was a contributor, or looking back, Roy Robertson Harris... And Bilal Nichols and Eddie Goldman. Those well, Eddie Goldman is a better player than a lot of those guys. But yeah, I uh, I don't know. It just nobody looked like they were in a mode to get to like you know to like make it look better. They just kind of look sloppy all day, and I don't know. I just don't. I don't know why they they are so undisciplined. I don't know why they look so piss poor in a lot of things. So yeah, that's uh, they'll turn it all around next week. Yeah, they might. Yeah, 
It's fifty-fifty shot. So, anyways, that was the Nico and Chris Bears post game wrap up podcast show featuring Nico and Chris. That was Nico. That was Chris. Make sure to follow us at Twitter and on Instagram at NNC Bearscast, and make sure to listen to us on iTunes and Apple and which is the same thing, and Spotify and Anchor and a ton of other places. And, and uh, Apple Tunes. And Apple Cores and uh, Google Files and, you know, stuff. Uh, you'll be able to find us on Reverb Nation. Turn on your old-fashioned radio. Uh, make sure you put us in your top 12 on MySpace. Make sure to listen to this while you're at Makeout Point with your gal. Oh, after, yeah. after, sharing a, after sharing a malt yeah, the, at JD's hamburger joint <laughs> where it's 1950 all the time except for the prices yeah, baby let's split a plate of fries <laughs> and then finger each other <laughs> oh Chris bear down Nico bear down next week <laughs>